0: College Circuit Speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. It is an honor and privilege to have you here. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. How did you like last week's episode? There is no failure, only feedback. You're looking for the good, the grow, and the great. This week, I want to discuss with you how I like to frame my years ending and beginning and then how we're going to begin to organize um, yourself moving forward. And I've talked about this a lot in the show. I'm sure at some point, if I were to go back and call through all of my episodes, that we have discussed PIMs and spheres at some point. But rather than asking you to go back and listen to them previously, um, you could go back to, again. Maybe you want to go back to episode 31, where I talk about um, life's blueprint and um, really begin to really introduce this whole theory to you of uh, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pillars in your three spheres of career self-relationship. Or you can just listen to this episode, which you're already doing, and then jump on from there. Why I start the new year on December 1st and end the old year on February 1st is because I would like to have a 60 day window in order to wrap up one year and begin another. And I picture it like um, track athletes running around the, the Olympic track and they're handing off the baton. You don't see the other year just standing still waiting for the baton. In year in this metaphor is a person. What you see is the other person waiting for the baton to come to them, they start to run. And there's a zone in which the baton has to be passed or the racers get disqualified. In this example, the baton being passed is the year, right? We're passing one year to the next. And that zone is December 1st to February 1st. And this is so that the next year already has momentum. And imagine a a track athlete, when they pass the baton, they don't just stop on a dime. They sort of continue to run until their momentum and their muscles can slow them down. Now they're just walking and eventually they stop. And then they go watch the other racer and they cheer them on. That's what your old year does, is it passes the baton at January 1st, but it has a period of time to slow itself down, to make sure you've wrapped everything up. This way, you don't feel rushed to do everything as soon as Thanksgiving hits. You've got that extra thirty days you know to to make sure anything that can be done after the new year is done, and you're also starting the new year on December first, so you're getting that year to have some momentum so when January first hits the baton is being passed off at a very it's a very good speed, neither is fully sprinting at that point. Christmas just got done, New Year's is there. Right? We're just getting over all the holiday slog and it's sort of like, wow, we've been in this Christmas malaise since the beginning of the December 20s and here we are January 2nd, 3rd, 4th. School doesn't start back up till like the 7th in some in most places, not even till then, maybe even later. So you've got that period where you're sort of trying to come out of the holiday malaise. And this gives you, gives you the chance to close up 22 and get 23 up to full sprinting pace. So by the time February 1st hits, you've wrapped up your things in 22 and you've, and you've already got your 23 things with two months of momentum rather than just one month. And we already know the first week of January can be a little bit of a slog anyways. So having explained that whether you decide to join in on the reindeer games with that or not, it's completely up to you. I can tell you as somebody who starts building out their calendar months and months and months in advance, I'm already looking at 23. I've already got you know, classes and speeches and presentations and, and interviews and conversations planned well into next August. So I'm really running a complete, you know, I'm running a business here. So I, I am, my calendar is just always ready for things to be placed into it. But there are certain things like taxes and, and bills and stuff that I want to make sure are on the books in 22 and I've prepared myself for 23. It's just, it works. And I wish somebody would have shown this to me when I was, you know, much, much, much younger Then I wouldn't have felt like January 1st was such an important date. This is why New Year's resolutions don't work, because we put in a tremendous amount of weight on the new year, that first day. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke cigarettes. I'm not going to eat chocolate. I'm not going to yell at my partner. I'm going to you know, start working out five days a week, and I'm going to start it all on January 1st. And then January 1st hits, and maybe we're a little hungover from the night before. Maybe we're not feeling tremendous about life. And, uh, you know, that whole emotional surge of happy new year and whether we had someone there with us or not, or we're at a party, there's just a ton of stuff going on and you wake up that morning and it can just feel like a lot. You put a lot of pressure on that day and here it is. Whereas if you start to make subtle changes to your life starting December 1st, by the time January 1st comes, you've already got momentum on those resolutions. You've already got momentum on the changes you're seeking to make. Instead of everything starting on the 1st, you were able to slowly implement them throughout the month of December. So when January 1st hits, you've already habituated a lot of those behaviors. And now it's just pushing through the sludge and the sludge. And just before you know it, it's middle of January and the holidays are gone. You've shed any you know, of the emotions and, and healed and maybe even lost a couple pounds because we all know <laughs> Christmas cookies are delicious. And then boom, before you know it, February 1st is here and now the year is full on moving forward. And instead of it just being 30 days old, which is really only about 21 days old, because that first week is sort of a hem-haw, now you've actually got two whole months because you started it December 1st. And when school starts back up again, you are fully on ready for the next semester. And this is important for those of you who live in cold weather climates where you might already have some sort of seasonal depression disorder. You might already not be feeling great because there's four feet of snow on the ground. Now you're able to have momentums that started in December getting you through the dog days of winter um, because, you know, we all know as soon as, you know, March hits, we start seeing a little bit nicer weather. And before you know it, it's spring break. So doing all of this is going to absolutely help you. I highly recommend you try it out this year. And now I'm going to discuss with you how I frame my life. And I do it this way because all humans enjoy systems. Everybody wants to have a strategy. We want to have a system. And there are thousands upon thousands of books about systems. I've talked about PIMS and spheres before, but I want to make sure that because we're talking about how we're going to create this new year, new you, that you're starting it in December and you're moving yourself forward into uh, January. So by the time February comes, you're ready to rock and roll. So a lot of people come back, they're like, Okay, Jesse, so I want to do massive growth. I want to improve my life on a lot of different levels. How can I possibly begin to organize all of the things that I want to do in my life in order to make sure that things don't fall through the cracks? Um, or that I don't put my time towards something that's not really benefiting me, that I wasn't really that into to begin with, and I'm not really sure why I committed to it. Which, again, is something that we do. We get excited, we commit to things, we try it on for a little bit, and it just doesn't serve us the way we thought it would, and we're were ready to move on. And so through this organizational tactic, you're going to be able to know if something is benefiting you or if it's undesirable. And you're going to be able to figure it out much quicker than just blindly doing the activity for a couple weeks or a month or two or three and then turning around being like, this isn't what I thought it would be. And then you're pissy at yourself for wasting months doing something that when you could have been doing something else. It gives you clarity to let you know if you're actually growing in the direction you want to grow in. That would be the bumper sticker way of explaining this. PIMS in spheres is your easy way to immediately know whether something is benefiting you or not. So let's get into it. So your three spheres are career, self, and relationships. Now, when you're in college, that's your career. That's your primary way of moving your life forward. You may not be making any money in college unless you're a star football or basketball player. You're not. No one's giving a student with a 3.7 NIL money. If you can figure that out, go for it, but you were already eligible for it. So (laughs) it's not like that's a new thing for you. We do career self-relationships because I base this off of the old saying that in life, all humans need to figure out in order to be happy, um, where they're going to live, what they're going to do and who they're going to love. So where you're going to live, that's your environment. That's yourself. Where are you going to place yourself? Where are you going to live? What city, what state, what community, that's yourself. You're putting yourself. Your environment has a tremendous amount of influence over your capabilities, your skills, your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings. So where is your environment? That's yourself. The The career aspect, it's what are you going to do? What are you going to do in your life? Even the richest of the rich, even a billionaire out there we'll get into philanthropy or something because you can't just have day after day where you just hang out at your house and eat bonbons in your underwear, watching the Simpsons or going out and having a three martini lunch with your friends. Like, Look at the richest of the rich. They are always doing something. Even uber crazy successful actors and athletes, they're doing something with their life. You can't just wake up every single day and have no direction. It will drive you mad and you will absolutely get into addiction of some level. So what are you going to do? Right now, it's go to college, and it's probably also have a job, but your career is absolutely college. What are you doing in order to better your life long term? you, You chose this school. You chose this major. You chose where all of that based off of an idea of where you would like your life to be once you have a degree in your hand. So that's your career right now. Later on, your career will be your actual career. And then your relationships. All conflict in life stems from a lack of communication with other people or ourselves it's going to come down to relationships what is your relationship with yourself what is your relationship with others so when you're looking to say okay well what can i be working on right now in my life you can look at your career and you can look at yourself and you can look at your relationships these are your three spheres Other books will try to come up with eight or 12 or whatever, but it's it's the brain, it wants to break it down to health and finances and wealth and philanthropy and, and contribution and significance and all those things are important, but they all exist in their own way in those spheres. We're looking for the simplest system in order for us to be able to internalize it, put it into action and actually get back easily um, noticeable evaluation markers. And this, these evaluation markers are what we run through the um, th- the the G-cubed system I taught you last week, good, grow, great. What When you get an outcome from what you're working on within your spheres, you can run it through good, grow, great, and then you can rinse, wash, repeat. Go, apply it again, evaluate. Good, grow, great. Apply it again, evaluate it until you can get yourself um, significantly a consistent upward trajectory and that upward trajectory is subjective to your own perspective. It is based on your opinion of what you think you're doing with your life. Other people will bring their subjective perspective in, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it is, that their perspective is your perspective. Someone else can think that you're not doing enough with your life and you could be like, "You have no clue how much I'm busting my ass. Thank you, but no thanks. I do not need your input any longer." <laughs> so, you've got your three spheres, career, self, and relationship. If you write these down on a piece of paper at like a Venn diagram where you draw three circles that overlap so all three can meet in the middle and that where that perfect harmony is, it's like juggling these three balls, right? If you hold on to any one ball, Now you've only got one hand to juggle the other two, significantly more difficult. If you hold on to a ball in each hand, now you have no other hand to juggle the other one, and it falls to the ground. It bounces away and goes underneath the couch. Not so easy to get to, as long as you're holding tightly to two of the balls. The idea is that you're juggling all of these very, you know, you've seen somebody who knows how to juggle really well. It's like it's fluid. Every single ball has the same amount of time in the hand. It's getting the same kind of focus, the same kind of attention. What is important about the PIMS, which is the pillars of your life, the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspect, what's important about these is that when you say, okay, I want to make my career better, I want to, I want to do better with myself, I want to do better in my relationships, well, how are we going to frame that? If we start to frame it based on some of these other teachers of this kind of philosophy out there, they're going to come up with, like I said, health and exercise and finances and diet and activity. And then there's all these subsets of these. And before you know it, your brain's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be working on today. And then you just do nothing. You're not stuck. You're standing still because you don't know where to start. So I made it super simple. And I, and I learned this for myself and taught this to myself um, at the beginning of my sobriety journey in, um, about six years ago. I was like, okay, well, how can I organize my addiction recovery? So I was like, okay, well, I've got my career self-relationships. Those are, what well, you know, that's what you, where you're, where you're going to live, what you're going to do, who you're going to love. Those became my three spheres. I was like, okay, well, I've heard people talk about mind, body, spirit are you doing something for your mind? Are you doing something for your body? Are you doing something for your spirit? Well, I heard mind. Okay. So that's mental. I heard body. So that's physical. Then I hear spirit. I'm like, okay, well, what is the essence of a spirit? All right. You've got, it's spiritual. So what is spiritual? Well, we don't, We don't frame it as religion on this show. We frame it as morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, And uh, principles. Okay, so that's spiritual. That's my spirit. I was like, but what else affects my spirit? Well, my emotions affect my spirit. Am I happy, sad, glad, mad, depressed, excited, jubilant, you know, discouraged? All of those things, those are all emotions. So I was like, okay, well, then we need to break up spirit so that it can be spiritual, but then the emotional aspect of it can also have its own space. Because I might be sad, but my morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, and principles are fine. I'm not going against any of those. I might just be sad because today it's rainy. So that's how I came up with PIMS, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. I just took mind, body, spirit, split spirit in half, have half of it emotional, half of it spiritual. And that is how I developed this system. And I called it Life's Blueprint. When I first taught it and sold it as a program, and I discussed, I think, what, what did I say earlier about back in episode 30? Um, what was it? Episode 31. Um, that's when I first started talking about Life's Blueprint, was do, discussing it in this way. Career, self-relationships, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. So you have your three spheres and you have your four pillars. And in order to have a balanced life, you want to have all of these working in unison together. And that can be, it can sound challenging, but I can assure you when you write this down on paper, it becomes something that's much easier for you to visualize, talk yourself through, and ultimately feel into. And I call physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, the pillars. So, it's like I picture these pillars um, holding up your spheres. And if one of these pillars starts to weaken, next thing you know, your spheres are on unstable ground. So, you want to be working on your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual pillars of each sphere. So, each sphere, career, self, relationships, has these four pillars in them. So, if you were to write it out on paper, and and skip the spheres and the circles, you would have a column that said career, a column that said self, and a column that said relationships. And underneath that, you would write physical, emotional, mental, spiritual for each one of them, career, self, relationships. This gives you 12, what I I frame as quadrants, like 12 rooms, because I picture my life as being this gigantic McMansion, like I'm building this castle of my life. Each room of my life has its own existence. And one room can be dilapidated and the other room can be beautiful and they don't necessarily um affect one another but right? you leave the door open next thing you know the filth and the stench from one room can waft over right but it's like a gigantic mansion however you want to picture it for me it's a mansion and it's like open it's like a gigantic open room floor plan where there's some barriers between them, but every room flows into the other one. And so when you say to me, Jesse, I'm not happy with my life, right? When I get into coaching sessions, I'm like, okay, I can understand not being happy with one's life. Help me feel into what it is you're seeing and saying to yourself that's creating this unhappiness in your life. Is this going to have something to do with your career, with yourself, or with your relationships? And they might say, okay, it's my career. Then again, for you, career could be school. I'm like, okay. When you think about your career, all right, is it physically that the career is not living up to your standards? Is it emotionally? Are you not feeling emotionally supported? Do you not feel that you can be emotionally vulnerable or share things at work? Is it mental? Are you not being tested are you not be are you not getting new activities that allow for growth and contribution and significance there, or is it spiritual is it is this job going against your morals, ethics values, opinions, beliefs, and principles or um or do are they adhering to morals, ethics values, opinions, beliefs, and principles that you don't adhere to and you' and you're noticing a conflict an incongruency? And then they could say, oh, well, yeah, you know, the job, I mean, all I do is just sit at a cubicle all day long. You know, I got this guy, Milton, who mumbles about a stapler, who's the, in the next cubicle, the cubicle to my left. It's just this woman repeating the same damn sentence, corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking, just a moment. All she does is just repeat it over and over and over again all day long. My boss comes in. He's like, hello, Peter. We're going to have to ask you to come in on Saturday. A little overtime, but you're not getting paid. And it's just, I can't stand my boss. I can't stand Milton. I can't stand Nina. The whole, it's like that cubicle is driving me mad. Uh, I just feel like emotionally, like I'm just every day I walk in there, I don't feel good about the job. There's no growth. I'm doing the same thing in day in and day out. And you know what? I think they might be cheating the customers. And I just am not enjoying that aspect of it. I'm like, Okay, you've know, you've just detailed that a physical, emotional, and mental, and spiritual issue you have with this job. When you think about this job, when you talk to yourself about this job at night, and you look at this job from a bird's eye view and really feel into everything you've just described to me, what about this job according to those physical, emotional, and mental, and spiritual aspects you just laid out for me? Which one of those four? is of the highest priority to begin to shift and change right now, today. And they will have an answer. Oh, well, you know, I just wish I could do something different. I mean, it'd be great if I could physically move my desk and I could express myself a little bit more there. But honestly, mentally, it's just the job's boring. I'm doing the same thing in day in and day out, and I just can't handle it. It's like, I wish I could, they would just give me a promotion. And I could move to a different department and I could challenge myself excellent. Now that gives me something to begin to aim their focus toward. An unfocused mind doesn't know what to put its attention toward, what it's to put its effort towards. So therefore, it doesn't either do what it wants to be doing, right? It doesn't know what to do, so it starts doing everything, or it doesn't do anything because there's too many options. But when we get Someone to say, Oh, I'm not growing enough. The job's boring me. I really wish I could just get a promotion and go do something different. That gives us a target. Okay. Well, what are you going to do in that, in that case? You could go talk to the boss and ask for a promotion. You could go talk to um, uh, somebody else in your department who maybe has expressed that they need some help and start picking up some side duties, regardless if the boss wants to pay you more or give you the title. You could start looking for other jobs that provide that for you. right? That would be a complete shifting of your PIMS, your physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. That would shift them all because you would literally be changing jobs. Oh, well, maybe I should just go ask my my boss for a promotion. Excellent. Let's start to develop a plan around how you're going to frame yourself in front of the boss as being somebody who can better uh, have their skills utilized in a different department. How can you show up instead of your desire for a job shift or a promotion or a new title or a raise, just being about your needs being met, how can you help the boss's needs be met? Is there a department that's failing, not doing as well as they could be, and they're not internalizing the feedback the G cubed the way you know how to. Great, go in there and frame that you would like to move to this different department because they're doing things that have already been expressed around the entire office aren't helping. And I think I've got some great ideas. And here's a couple of them now. What do you think? Right now, it gives them an action step. Let's develop a plan. Let's go in there and let's start to let's create a win-win for the boss and for yourself. To say that you can change departments. Because as much as you think the boss cares about your needs, they don't care about your needs as much as they care about their needs. And if their boss is on their ass about this failing department, and you can show up and show him that if he moves you into this department, you've got ideas to make it succeed, now his boss is going to be shower him praise for finding just the right employee to move to that department to make the changes. And now you've seen the power of PIMS. It's because we start with this bird's eye view of I hate my job. And then we figure out where along the PIMS line are we physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually unhappy, unfulfilled. And then we chunk it down even lower. Okay, where mentally are we unfulfilled? It's a repetitive behavior. Absolutely. I could see how that, that mindless droneness must just you know piss you off every day. Great. How can we shift that? And if the person says, oh, there's no promotions available. It's not going to happen. You know, this job is what it is. If I want to get over this, I'm going to have to change jobs. Okay. Now we can start working on getting a different job, which could require building the confidence within the person to even be thinking about changing jobs because by nature, humans like habits and changing jobs means changing all your habits. That you had built around that job. What time you get up, who you talk to in the morning, your workflow, where you have lunch, what you do in the afternoon, your route home. So many things can change when you change jobs that we can have an unconscious kickback to not wanting to change simply because we don't want to have to learn all new steps of behavior. Now we can get into emotional, we can get into physical. We can get into the spiritual aspect because now changing the job isn't the primary solution opportunity. It's being okay with even the idea and the actions and the behaviors it's going to take to get a new job. Getting the new job is just the beginning of creating new habits at the job. Getting you convinced that changing universities or changing jobs is going to be physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually uplifting for you, that's a whole different set of work that needs to be done compared to getting you comfortable walking into a new establishment that's why this system works so well cuz when you when you go to make changes change doesn't happen in a bubble change happens and it affects everything in your life and then you say okay i'm going to take on a new job great how is that physically going to change your life how is that emotionally going to change your life how is that mentally going to change your life How will that spiritually change your life? Okay, well, it's going to change the route I take, the time I need to get up in the morning, the amount of work I'm doing, how late I'll get home. That's going to change dinner time for the family. And my kids have this and this and this activity. And my wife or husband has this or this or this activity. And now that's going to shift it and change it. And before you know it, you're afraid to take on a new job or responsibility, not because of what it's going to mean to you and the shifts you'll have to make, but because it's going to change the patterns of behavior for your family member or your loved ones or your roommates. And now you've got to go have a conversation with them. Hey, I'm going to, I want to take on a new job, but it's going to change this, this, and this around the house. Um, I don't want to just throw this on you without having a conversation first. I want this transition to be beneficial for all. Now you've got a whole different set of PIMs to have a conversation with your roommates or your partner or your family. Because now you've got to get them physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually on board. They might just say, whatever, dude, just do whatever you want. But later on, when all of a sudden they have to make dinner more often because you're out working later, or your alarm goes off an hour earlier than it used to, which wakes them up. Now, all of a sudden, they're not getting as much sleep as they were before. Now there's going to be some issues coming up that could have been addressed back then when you first initiated the job search. That's why this is so powerful because it allows you to actually start working on solution opportunities before a problem even arises. It opens up clear, conscious communication with yourself and everyone around you that it will affect. In psychology, we call it ecology, ecology, E-C-O-L-O-G-Y, ecology, because it, it can be good for you. But if it's not good for other people in your life, if it's not good for your the general world around you, you're going to have some pushback by those people. And if you don't want to cause strife in their life, you may not take on a new opportunity because you don't want to shift their PIMs and you don't want to start to influence their spheres in an undesirable way. So you say, well, I'm going to lose 20 pounds But of all your best friends like going out to all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet three days a week, and now you don't want to go to all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet because you physically don't want to go there because you don't want to emotionally eat, you don't want to mentally waste your energy trying to explain to them why you don't want to eat 40 pounds of all-you-can-eat Chinese food three days a week because you're shifting your values, your opinions, your beliefs, your principles, you're going to get pushback from them. Either they're going to say, well, if, he, if, if Jesse can do it, then I can do it, and I don't want to do it, so I want to try to hold Jesse back and keep him, Jesse where he's at. Or they're going to be like, what? We're not good enough for you? Oh, you think you're better than us because now you don't want to eat all you can eat Chinese buffet three days a week? Because they're having their own PIMS issues, and you're shifting their relationship sphere, which is causing their self-sphere to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and evaluate its PIMS. Because all of a sudden, Jesse, the, the the person who initially said, let's all eat Chinese buffet three days a week, all of a sudden, here we are two years later, and you don't want to eat Chinese buffet anymore. Well, this was your idea. So ecologically, I start getting pushback from other people simply for wanting to make a change in my life. Because change doesn't happen in a bubble. So sit down and write in three columns, Career, self-relationship, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And then you can start saying, what do I like about my career physically? What do I like about myself physically? What do I like about my relationships physically? Then you go back to the beginning and say, oh, where could I grow in my rela- in my career physically? Where could I grow in myself physically? Where could I grow in my relationships physically. And that's where you can start to determine what is, what is growth around your career, self, or relationships. What do you experience about that in your head when you say physically? Is it more, oh, maybe it's taking a break every hour at work and walking around the office 20 times to get some steps. Maybe with yourself, it's going to the gym a couple days a week so that you don't feel so sluggish. Maybe with your relationships, it's going on a hike with your partner a couple of days a week and then talking about what's going on in your lives. And now you do this with each one of the pillars and each one of the spheres, emotionally, with your career, emotionally with yourself, emotionally with your relationships, what's good what can grow? then we go into mental with your career mental with yourself, mental um, with your relationships where, can, where where are you doing good and where can you grow? and then lastly we go to spiritual and career, spiritual with self, spiritual relationships where are you doing good and where can you grow? What are aspects you like? About the physical aspect of let's say your relationships, are you intimate often? do you go off and exercise? Do you go to really cool places like aquariums or zoos and you know honor the animals that are there that we are protecting from the outside world and, and learning about them are that's you know and here's the coolest thing, and I'll leave you on this. When I first developed this for my sobriety and recovery, what I noticed is that, because change and growth doesn't happen in a bubble, everything affects everything else. This is why in my mansion of life, these aren't rooms that are sectioned off by huge walls. Like I may have said castle earlier, but it's not like there's, you know, locked doors. All of these rooms, all of these quadrants affect each other, right? But if career physically, I'm not moving around much at work, then I leave and I want to be more active with myself. Now I want to walk 10,000 steps and work out. But if I could walk more steps at work, I wouldn't have to walk as many steps when I left work for myself or in my relationships, and maybe now I could go to the gym and and lift weights. Everything affects everything else. So if you're looking for massive growth, think about this. You um, go on a hike with your partner so that now you're working on the relationship sphere and the self-sphere because you're, you're there, yourself is there, and they're there. So now you're working on both spheres. You're, both, you're physically active with them and yourself because you're on a hike. You're talking about your feelings and what's going on that week and where you could best support one another. Now you're discussing emotions. You're expressing your, so that's yourself. She's expressing, or she or he, whoever. We're not using gender here. Just run with this example. Don't want to fluff it up with too many words, but just that person is bringing their emotions to the table. You're bringing yours, boomski. Now you've got physical, emotional, you're, you're, you're mentally stimulating one another because you're in a conversation with one another. You're looking at the nature. Maybe you're reading a sign of why this trail exists. So now you're, you're, you're growing yourself mentally, you know. That both of you. So now you're working on that pillar together. And then spiritually, your morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, principles. You're sharing things about your life that are going on. So you're discussing things through your own lens of morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs, and principles. So in this one hike, you're working on two spheres at all four pillars. One hike for 30 minutes, and you just worked on eight different areas of your life. Now, what if during that hike, you started talking about your jobs? She shared about hers, he shared about his, he, he, she, she, all of the above. Y'all started sharing about your lives. And you're like, well, this is what I like about my job, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And then the other one says, well, this is what I, like, what I like about mine, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And this is where it could grow in these four pillars. And this is where mine could grow in these four pillars. Now, in this one minute hike, you've talked about career, self, and relationships. All three of those spheres have been involved in this hike. And you, have, and you have discussed and in some way incorporated all four pillars of all three spheres into this one hike. In one 30-minute hike, hell, it could be a five-minute walk if you talk fast. In one hike with your partner, you have managed to discuss all 12 of your quadrants. And I call it life 's blueprint because I picture it like like I said, a gigantic house you 're building of your life, and you can be working on your career physical in um, your in your relationship physical, and they aren 't necessarily the same room one doesn 't necessarily affect the other it can have bleed over, if career physically, you're sitting at a desk and you're, and you're just sluggish all day long, and then you come home and your partner says, let's go for a hike or let's make love, and you don't have the energy to do either because you've been sitting all day long and your wrists hurt and carpal tunnel sitting in and your back hurts, then yeah, now all of a sudden your career physical is absolutely affecting your your relationship physical. That's why none of this stuff lives in its own bubble. But I'm building up my entire awesome like mcmansion of my life and i'm working on all of the quadrants with one another and together and separate and it's all one it's it's like a picture um um some like a cell you know with, with the protons the electrons the neutrons right you've got everything's just sort of spinning around it right and it's in it's in these protons and electrons they're just they're spinning in unison they're doing great it's not till an external force comes in that sort of takes away one of the positive or negative charges all of a sudden now they start to slam into each other and then psh, the whole i'm not a science guy so i have no idea if this analogy is working or not but you can all picture like a nucleus some sort of cell where you've got things spinning around it and it's all working in harmony until something all of a sudden Throws, throw you throw a wrench in the middle of it and the whole thing starts to break down, right? So when you when you organize your life using PIMS and spheres, then you say, well, I really love my job. Why? Oh man, we're always moving around and I can share my ideas in a place where they don't just get negated and I'm challenged every day because I'm learning new skills and this this job totally aligns with my values and my beliefs awesome. No wonder you love your job. It literally works with all four of your pillars, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And when you're unhappy somewhere, you need to look no further than somewhere within your PIMS. That's what's being affected. And then once you know it's physical, you can start to chunk it down even further until you literally find yourself being like, well, you know, if every hour I just walked around the office building twice, I'd get 300 steps. And by the end of the workday, I'd have 3000 steps and, and I would feel less sluggish. Great. Tomorrow, go to work, and every hour, walk around the office for five minutes, and that's a X X amount of steps, and by the end of the day, you'll have 3,000. And there you go. Now you feel like you've shifted that physical aspect, and then other things will start to shift with it. You'll feel more um, mentally clear because you've gotten your blood pumping. Other people will ask you what you're doing, and next thing you know, you oh, you know, I was just feeling a little sluggish, so I figured I'd just walk around in circles. Maybe other people join in. Now your your emotional needs are being met. Other people are joining in on your values because you you think physical activity is important. And next thing you know, other people are wanting to walk with you, and now you've got a walking group during lunch. And all of this can be started simply by chunking it down and getting yourself. Right? We talked about chunking down in episode 158. You chunk it down to actionable steps. And if you have actionable steps and you're looking for the morals, ethics, values, opinions, beliefs that are fueling these actionable steps, go up. And eventually you'll find activity or discipline or hard work or tenacity being what drives you to walk 3,000 steps a day. And you can do all of this so effortlessly and so easily. And I just recommend you sit down, write career self-relationship at the top of a piece of paper, draw, make them into columns, put physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and then put good and grow under each physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and just start free flow writing. And when you come up with the, your PIMs and your spheres and these quadrants that you've created, now you can take them in and start actually putting things into step right now so that you can begin to make these changes and these shifts in your life in December, and now they're habituated in habits by February and March. It's just things that you do. You don't leave them to January 1st. You start them today, even if it's just for one minute. It could be one less beer, one less cigarette, one less piece of chocolate, one more minute of emotional, uh, vulnerable, open conversation with your roommate. Even one minute a day is better than no minutes a day, because that one minute... It's like a tiny little rock at the top of a mountain where snows abound. And you roll that rock down and it starts picking up snow. And before you know it, it's all the way down at the end of the mountain and it's this gigantic snowball. But it started off as a tiny little rock. That's how your life changes. It's the tiny steps taken each and every day that will show you the most amazing growth ever. And now that you know how to organize it using your spheres and your PIMS, You can create actionable steps right now to begin to change your life toward who you desire to be. If that's not an amazing New Year's Day gift for you guys and holiday gift for y'all, I don't know what is. Actionable steps to change your life for the better. Telling you what, that's a gift that keeps on giving. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Have a great, great, great day and week. Bust out a piece of paper. Spheres, PIMS, good grow. Make it happen. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.